Table Talk is not your typical D&D TTRPG podcast. We are not here to run you through our whole campaign. We're here to talk about everything else in the space of Table Talk. I'm your host, Alejandra Wilhelm. And I'm also your host, Mariah Gresham. And we're your tabletop roleplay girlies. Alrighty, and we are live. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Table Talk. Um, we have a really exciting guest as well uh, this week. We're joined by Natalie New, which I'm so hyped about this because like high key, I've been following you for a while on my personal account. Um, so when we connected out uh, like over this, I was like, oh, I'm geeked. Um, <laughs> absolutely geeked. But um, yeah, give us a short little intro about you, where people can find you and like any cool projects you're involved in. Because I know you've you've done some stuff with Roll D5, which we actually just did uh, an episode with Erica. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that y'all are Love y'all are her. good, good connections and good friends. So yeah, so give us the, the lowdown about you, Natalie. Amazing. Thank you. Um, I am Natalie New, also known as New to You on TikTok. Um, hopefully I'll be broadening um, my content platforms here soon to to be on Twitch and YouTube. Um, that's the goal. Um, but right now you can find me mostly on TikTok. I'm also on Instagram. Um, and honestly, it's just such an honor to be here. Like I am just so like blown away that people even follow me and even like want to join in on my journey so i feel that she, like, <laughs> yeah those moments too where we're like oh damn people are, like it's wild that people actually like notice us and enjoy our stuff and connecting with people that we've looked up to like mm-hmm. in the space or we like consume their content voraciously and then they're like oh we love your stuff and i'm like eh, what <laughs> <laughs> is this real life am i dreaming this right no i love it and it's so surprising too like how many people like especially like just creators on on tiktok who have gotten their start there are so willing to like connect and just be like absolutely Mm -hmm. i absolutely want to be on your podcast in your game you know whatever um you're looking towards so i feel like i kind of talked my way into being here like i was kind of a buy-in like i was like i bring me on your podcast (laughs) yeah it was such a hard sell i know you had to work real hard to convince me yeah (laughs) i was just bugging you like every day of every week (laughs) shut up Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like, I'm like sending screenshots to Mariah. I'm like, I want to squeeze her in. I know we've already booked like four people, but (laughs) and I just so appreciate you like squeezing me in too. I know, I know you guys are booked out. It's it's hard to keep up with like all the guests and recording and editing. Yeah, it's hard because we just record like we record once a month for Mm -hmm. basically the next following month. So we really like to knock it out so we don't have to like worry about it. Yeah. Um. So then there there is just like a limited amount of spot that we can fill for a single day of the weekend basically um but yeah i was like as soon as we connected i was like i want to squeeze in another one we're, we're gonna find a way to fit it in yes we'll squeeze you in <laughs> and also it's the serotonin of just having another week banked oh yeah and just have like our little hoard of recorded podcasts. Of recorded content of that we're like, oh, like I can public. sit pretty for like a month yeah. or two. Because when that starts dwindling down, I start like foaming at the mouth a little bit. Like, <laughs> I don't like it. 
Oh, that is that is such a vibe. Yes, I know what you mean. Like, as long as you have it recorded, you're like, all right, I know that I have this locked in. I just need to edit mm-hmm. now, and then it can go out. Yeah, yeah. you're like on, on like coast mode. Yeah, like I can just peruse, sure. and I can pick which way I want to edit, and I'm like, I don't want to have any more. Yeah. <laughs> like, all I asked her was, How like, many? do we have, like, some that we've recorded? I'm like, we have no more content. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool. She's like, great. Okay. I'm like, Yes. <laughs> This is why I'm the way that oh, I am. Like, feed me. <laughs> feed me, mother. <laughs> and I was like, six, six, six. I booked this many people. How many shows or guests did you record today? Today is five, including you. You're the fifth. Oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> and then we'll do, ideally, like, Tomorrow we're planning sure on recording two or, three. two or three, maybe four, if we can squeeze it in. Yeah. And depending on, like, Holy energy. Wow. Yeah. We're... Dang. And it goes out <laughs> weekly? Then? Yeah goes out weekly yeah. mm-hmm. dope it's like we yeah. could record I mean, remotely like we've done it before but like it's also kind of nice to just do it in person and then, like i just nice feel like the vibe is better out. yeah it's austin it's like but then oh. after this yeah because like i live in austin and ollie lives in houston, houston yeah um so yeah so like we're about three and a half hour three hours from each other mm-hmm. um but after this, now we'll have like our big bank, and then ideally in like October, we'll just find a weekend where like I can run another session of like my Vampire the Masquerade campaign, and then like we can record like two, like maybe like two episodes and like bump ourselves out a little bit, but it won't have to be so crazy like a content factory. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. So, are you two together right now recording yeah. in the studio? Yeah, mm-hmm. we're in my apartment. Oh, wow. The studio of her apartment. The studio yes. of my apartment in the corner that has my oh, desk in it. Um, oh, I love it. Yeah, but we just we just feel like we like the vibe more of when she and I are like in person because it feels more more conversational, more easy. We can read each other's like body language a lot better mm-hmm. um, as yeah. opposed to like remote recordings and stuff. Like we'll do it if we have to, but it just feels more. Yeah more the vibe whenever we're we're present yeah i love that i love that but yeah um i know we wanted to cover this week with you uh though the general broad topic of just like women in gaming and i know also like you're you're definitely a person that's out here both as like an online presence but also you're working a lot uh and like doing a lot a lot of streams uh at the moment and you're kind of like you mentioned you're trying to branch into to your own like youtube and twitch content and stuff so I'd love to hear you like, like your takes on that and like your experiences and and all and just in gaming in general, but also like in the TTRPG space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I have been very fortunate that a lot of like the majority of my experiences have been really positive and consensual. And um, I haven't been exposed to personally, I haven't personally been exposed to like a lot of trouble at gaming tables. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to set up my platform in a way where I could recognize like the struggles of women at tables, you know, whether um, it was in person or over streams. Um, and For so sure. I um, I w- wanted to just give a voice to a lot of women as well as like, um, you know, trans women and non-binary mm-hmm. individuals um, so that we could kind of like be in this experience together, um, no matter if it was on Twitch or YouTube or in person. Um, and so I'm stoked to kind of broaden my horizons um, into more platforms where I can be a little bit more engaged um, and 
kind of get more of the message out to more people because I think a lot of people feel really locked in and alone in their experiences if they don't have a platform and community like we have been so lucky to have Mm -hmm. on TikTok, you know, which has been like a a huge blessing, if you want to call it that. Yeah, it's just been really fortunate to to connect with people. Um, So I just feel lucky that I have that. Yeah. And like, I think those conversations are one so incredibly important because like i think oftentimes like in gaming in general especially like i was always like i started my nerdy venture with like video games and then you know eventually have now worked my way into this where like this is now my new hyper fixation and i devote like most of my life to it um but you know it's entering those spaces that were previously like very male dominated before mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like, D&D has now become much more open in the sense of, like, I think the queer community definitely, like, latched onto it as well as, like, it's becoming more common to have women in those spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do still think there's, like, there's obviously, like, the the barriers of, I, I feel like what you s- sometimes experience in, like, video game uh, environments of, like, you know... We, we tend to have like that issue of learning a new skill, like a new skill in something that is normally like male dominated yes. and being afraid to fail That's, or like yeah. making That's mistakes. That's thing of like the idea of trying, because like I, I vocally say like I am not good at video games necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I do play them because I enjoy them, but like no one's watching yeah. for my fucking skill and finesse in like a FromSoft game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still trying to beat the same goddamn Bloodborne boss that I've just been <laughs> I'm so tired of looking at him. Oh, but yeah. like it's, it's a thing of like, yeah, trying to learn something publicly and not be good. And like one, I think. It's definitely a me thing. I think it's also a female conditioning thing as well, where it's like that if you're doing something, it has to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, then you should do it in private until it is before you put yourself out there. And at least, yeah, with with video games in particular, that's something that, yeah, like I, a source of anxiety for me, sometimes even with just like playing games around like no one is in my life now but like uh, the other people in the past who are people are just like weird about yeah. that and like elitist or like oh if you haven't played like every game in a series that has ever fucking existed yeah. and like dug up the six different consoles that you require to play the one from like yield 1993 yeah then you're not like, then you're not a good a real yeah, fan you're not a real fan and you're not yeah. as valid and it's like okay this is annoying and <laughs> too much yeah for sure. I really like the concept um, that you mentioned of learning it publicly, mm-hmm. you know, like you you have an audience. And as I was like listening to what you were saying, it just made me realize how many elements are at play there when you do start streaming. Um, mm-hmm. You you have like gatekeeping, of course, that's like of the course. first one. But you'll also have expectations where a lot of like the male dominated spaces are for them based around control controlling the narrative and so you feel like a like a need to fulfill that to not fail um and so you have a lot of these elements that come into play that cause like so much anxiety and a lot mm-hmm. of times we can't put our finger on it um just because there are so many complicated feelings involved and then you have the outside opinion you know whoever is watching or you're playing with um 
that is looking for you to meet their expectations. And that's just not a fair way to game or enjoy that experience together. Yeah. So and I think definitely, yeah. one, becoming okay with that, like, concept of you're learning something new. You are. It is okay to not know everything about this thing right out the gate. And, like, you you have grace to, to, to make mistakes. And, like, I know, for example, I've referenced this in a previous episode, but, like, I had a moment in one of my sessions where I was still relatively pretty new to the game and I was, like, still learning about, like, how to handle combat and action economy and things. And I was playing a new class that I had never played before. And um, it was also a brand new DM who had never DM'd before. And so, like, I think we entered our first combat. And um, I like what I now know, having like played is like, I'm an assassin rogue and I had the first like initiative. So I could have used that to basically like do some hella buku damage, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I did not know that mechanically about my 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 character or anything. And so I it was a situation where there were enemies in the cavern and it was like a very narrow hallway and we were on the other like side of that. And I was coming coming at it with the logic of like a video game and I was like, well I want to like kite them through this like bottleneck. Yeah. So we don't have to deal with all those enemies mm-hmm. in a broad space. So I like kind of tried to basically hold back and like lure them in and didn't really like I knew with my movement I wasn't good I was only going to be able to reach one of them mm-hmm. and then put myself in a room full of enemies. Yeah, they're in the middle of like a fatal funnel situation. Yeah. And, like that's not great. Oh, yeah. And then so I was trying to basically like kite them through, but like what I now know mechanically is like I should have gone in that room and just done hella damage because like my teammates would have come after me. Um, but I went at it from a different angle and like, I think the, the DM made a comment, um, that like kind of felt very like me wasting my turn and he's like, okay, cool. So Allie's going to do nothing. Um, and I got like snip, like I felt some kind of way about it and I checked in with other people and I was like, am I overreacting? And then like what I now feel like it came from is that, that element of like, you know, what, back when I used to play video games and how I hated playing games with like online lobbies because I wasn't allowed to like make mistakes without feeling inadequate. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and stuff like that. And so I eventually talked to that, that, that GM and like was like, hey, like you made this comment, made me feel like this. Da, da, da. And he fully apologized and was like, I didn't even realize like I said it that way and I'm so sorry. And like he's been perfect ever since like he was very good and receptive and and adapted and stuff and like didn't see it from my perspective at first and i was like i totally see why that was like uncalled for and why it would make you feel like that but it's that that experience like as a woman in those spaces and then being like ooh, like yeah i can't i'm not as fond of criticism (laughs) in the in that space because of the fact of like it's it's a little triggering to like yeah. the toxicity within within gaming especially of like men in those spaces against women trying to enter that space well and it's criticism that oh feels God. belittling right? yeah and it's like if it's advice or if it's like pointing something out or whatever that can be okay but when it feels like i'm nitpicking or i'm harping or i'm not letting you forget that you made a mistake and like that wasn't necessarily that conversation no yeah like, it, that situation it was just like a dumb comment that was made because y'all didn't know each other and you turned out and he's like oh fuck no that was i see why that would hurt your feelings yeah and didn't do it again which is all you can hope for but in general of it's not a like oh you aren't willing to take advice because you are but it's when you feel like 
you now have to perform at a certain level to mm-hmm. not be called out. That's annoying. Yeah. You know, and I think it's important too, um, like that you were able to take that time and give yourself that grace to take time to kind of analyze what you were feeling there. Lately, I've been trying to understand too, like when I just call it like uncomfy. When I feel uncomfy, I'm like, okay, why am I so uncomfortable about mm-hmm. this? And I it sometimes can take a day or two to really like put my finger on exactly what I'm feeling and create like a an argument that I feel comfortable with like coming to communicate. Um and so I I think it's awesome that you were able to take that time and you were able to communicate that to um your GM and that he was also willing to meet you yeah. in the middle there and you know take ownership of of his mistake. And and it's so funny too like because there are so many complex feelings there and you are also trying to deal with the mechanics publicly you know whether that was in front of your group or a a wider audience um that you were trying to break down a lot of complex actions all at once that you didn't have experience Mm -hmm. with um and so that can be really difficult but i'm i'm seeing now that like you know it's just common sense where you have all of these complex emotions it really just comes down to like three things and that's just like communication and seeing if they're gonna meet you in the middle and recognizing that you're uncomfortable like at the very first step so like uncomfortable communication and then just drawing those boundaries for yourself like it's funny that it comes together in such an easy way when you have so much going on to deal with oh yeah Um, i think that brings a lot of like relief to people too where they're like i don't know how to handle this it's like it's actually really simple (laughs) we can break it down you know yeah that's awesome like i had a similar situation kind of in our uh like our like kind of elder tour western campaign Mm -hmm. with our our dm for that teddy he's awesome but like and at that point, at this point now, like, we're all much more comfortable with each other. Mm-hmm. But, like, I had never, like, we met him at session, session zero. Like, you would met, you always met on, like, Hinge or something. Yeah. After you hadn't met in person. And, like, I started with one character. And the backstory she had put her in position, a position where, like, she had really only combative interactions mm-hmm. with NPCs. Mm-hmm. And, like usually for me that's okay but i think it was a weird mix of like i had some personal life stuff going on and i was dealing with unpacking some things from some Mm -hmm. past situations and Mm -hmm. like it was me not holding boundaries quite well and like letting things bleed through and like Mm -hmm. when you know, Teddy and I were role playing a scene that was combative. It felt like Teddy was being combative and me, the person, mm-hmm. even though that was not what was happening. And that took me a minute to understand, like, because I was just shutting down. Yeah. Anytime that it was yeah. like, because I'm, I, I love role play, and I was like, please make, do not make me role play. Like it was a gunslinger. I'm like, I'll, I'll shoot something real good for you. Just please. <laughs> don't make me just shift the camera away from me which is insane like very (laughs) unusual for me and like we we play that game once a month as well so it was like the first session i'm like okay the first session is always kind of a wash right you're settling in and then the second session Mm -hmm. i still felt the same way and i was like well fuck this is a problem and like I kind of like had a whole breakdown <laughs> over it because yeah. I was like, I feel like everyone's having fun and I'm the only one that's not. And I feel like if I say something, it's gonna fuck up the whole situation. And also, like in retrospect, the last male DM I had 
I at him as a he and I as a person, like we did not we had a very unhealthy relationship. Um mm-hmm. and I could not make a mistake around him or I would pay without for him it, holding it over. Um in and in and out of the table. And so that was definitely a situation where I was carrying some of that baggage and like projecting it onto Teddy when he was not risk like he he was not doing that and he was not but I had that fear that it was going there and then when I step back I'm like okay what can we actually do to address this and then I was just I'm like what if I just play a new character what if we just roll a new fucking crazy ass gobliny like creepy monk who collects bones and just punches stuff and we start over <laughs> and like I communicated yeah. that to Teddy and kind of like where I was at and all that and he was again like, very understanding of it and you know checked he's like i want to check in and make sure there's if there's anything i can do to like make you feel more comfy more comfortable or like any of that like please communicate that to me either now or going forward and honestly after i had taken time to think about it i'm like i think i just had a lot of shit wrapped up and that's mine that i was not addressing and Mm -hmm. that's not on him but it's creating a situation where it's hitting some nerves that are Mm. a little too raw and i'm not i would like to just have less emotional baggage in this game yeah i was also playing my strixhaven character in ollie's game has a lot of emotional baggage and i love i live for that shit so i was like maybe i just need a lighter (laughs) a break a lighter time maybe i can't have two sessions back to back that are just emotional Emotional trauma serious Um, yeah yes yeah so as soon as I changed, like, characters and, like, we worked out a little bit of, like, a backstory for her and everything and, like, kept it pretty light and fun the first time I played my monk. I was like, great. We're working we're off line. to the races. And Aww. since then, I've been perfectly fine. But, like, that was, and, like, we touched on this before, of, like, those, we each have had those situations where, like, yeah, when we're telling the other person, we're like, oh, yeah, no, of course this is valid, but when it's you, and you're like, no, I'm gonna fuck up everything. You're like, <laughs> what like- if I just <laughs> harbor this inside me and let it fester? <laughs> that seems like a wise decision, yeah. Let it fester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing, Nothing will go wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My therapist will totally. tell that. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Break it down another time. Totally. Um, yeah. Was that for, like, a personal game or, like, a game that you streamed? It was uh, an in-person personal. game. At the moment, we don't stream any of our games. Um, we we had tried to, like, think about it early in the Strixhaven one that I'm running, but we all kind of agreed that, like, uh, especially because we came off of a really toxic uh, table dynamic and, like, mm-hmm. all of us chose to leave that, like, previous DM that Mariah was, like, talking about. Um, we kind of left that, and that's what, like, basically started me DMing was just we didn't have someone to run the game and i had a bunch of the books and so i was like you know what i'll do it i'll do it for the girls and the gays and that's it um (laughs) and and started that and i've like fallen in love with it now um but it was definitely a a matter of like i don't know we just kind of really like the vibes of our table when it's like just us and it kind of changes things whenever you start you know, doing it for a mass or, or like an audience and knowing that's going to be put out into the internet kind of thing. So we were like, let's keep this personal here on this game. But then we've toyed with the idea of like, we'd be comfortable streaming a game potentially in the future um, if we started out as like something we know we're going to stream, you know? Yep. And I think, yeah, for coming sure. out of that Ravenloft game, like we needed 
something that was just, just us that was just us that was safe that was comfortable because even like making my character for Strixhaven I mean I love she's one of my favorite characters I've ever played now but there was months where I was like I don't know what I want to play because I don't really want to play anything yeah because it had gotten so mm-hmm. bad with the last one that I just was so disenchanted with the whole thing um and even though I knew it would be radically different, right, with, like, the whole different situation, it was, like, we just needed something to come back and, like, reef, like, find that joy. Find our love for, for tabletop again. again. Yeah. And, like, now, looking like, that we're kind of an arc. Like, my character just finished her arc. Um, and we're going on to, like, our friend Bex's character. Like, I would love to, at some point, like, uh, write out, you know, take, take our work, because we've recorded the sessions for ourselves. Um, and like take those and write them into a script and make them into an animated series or something like that. That would that's oh. I think a goal that like we both have. Yeah, we both have because it is a really so good cool. story and like we are nothing if not so. My table's all women, um, which is lovely. It's a it's a lovely time. How refreshing! Yeah, um, yeah. and it's the four of us and we're all each other. We're all best friends. We're all best friends and we we work in lockstep with each other and we can hop into other people's games and it like we have really good chemistry as players as friends and it's very much like we can play any any subset of characters and we will have such good like rp just right out the gate um so i'm like we i cherish our games a lot we have a really privileged position of like playing in a game with that kind of chemistry as well as like my players make the time like we don't have scheduling issues which is really rare in the yeah. in the dnd ttrpg community um, we play once a month. We dedicate a whole we dedicate weekend a week. to it. We play like between 10 to 18 hours just for my session. Yeah. Bex and I drive down from Austin to Houston. Yeah. It's like it's the same as like they like uh, Ollie and Alyssa or their friend will drive up like when I'm running something. But yeah, and, like in, in Teddy's like sort of elder tour campaign, it's the four of us. Um, and then Chrissy, Chrissy. Shadow Chrissy, who's awesome. And then Teddy is the DM. So it's an all-female cast still with, like, a male DM. Which we sometimes mm-hmm. play. Sometimes it feels like that's a stream a little bit if we when we play in at, like, the gaming store because we're in, like, a private room. But, but it's, it's all a, glass. But it's all glass. So it does feel like we're in an, like, an, aqua- or like an aquarium exhibit sometimes. <laughs> and then last time we were doing a thing where we were, like, unironically barking because we saw... Someone saw a meme on TikTok <laughs> and showed it to me. It's like to girl being like, "Where are my dogs at?" And you know, they just like, start barking in a line outside of like a, a like, club. Yeah, like locker room ass barking. And so we started doing that, and we just did it in the middle of the thing. And Teddy was like, "What the fuck is happening?" He's like, "Never do that to me." <laughs> um, and. I sit with my back to the room, so I don't perceive who's who is or is. Oh, I have a full view of all across of me. all these men sitting here playing Magic: The Gathering, watching this little glass room full of women barking. <laughs> yeah, and like this—it's a glass room full of women barking, and like this Viking-looking dude with his head in his with hands, his head in his hands, <laughs> like a DM screen, like praying to something. Uh, it's a it's, it's a time. Wow. That's so fun. I I wanted to to backtrack a little bit. Oh and yeah, go like for Shed it. some light on what, um, on what you said. Um, I think it's great advice too because the, the way you brought it up, I think a lot of people. Number one, like 
I think a lot of people feel the pressure to continue to stream, and it's so valid to play in person. Not everything needs to be streamed for the public eye, and I don't say that in a way that I'm shaming public content, but more of like, give yourself a mental break. Like, you don't have to be on screen all the time you know like it's kind of refreshing to break it up for like um in-person games and then the second part of that too um i wanted to mention something that you had had brought up and that was like taking a break from serious campaigns where you don't have to quit altogether and that Mm -hmm. was a mindset that i was caught in for so long where i was like I'm emotionally blocked off. I can't play any other games. Some of it, too, was, like, scheduling conflicts where I was Mm. like, I just don't have the time to dedicate, like, this emotional space um, every week. And so, like, I feel valid taking that time. And that's that's not something to be ashamed of if you have to. Yeah. But also, like, playing... a a lighter character is a huge break too and i think a lot of people don't think about it like that you know they they feel like it's like an all or nothing mentality when it comes to DD. but there are so many angles you can play where you don't have to be the serious edge lord yeah you know yeah or like be doing a ton of emotional labor every second you're playing your character like i love doing that sometimes but yeah it's also fun to like i play a rogue in a different campaign and i just throw knives at people and kill them instantly and like my mom <laughs> does stupid she's a touch of the long death monk so she's decently beefy which you fucking oh, wow. need in teddy's campaign because he does set out for murder yeah Shit, he's like, like i'm gunning for the cleric which us, is me yeah he gives us tools oh, to help us and he has like a dmpc that fights with us and it's probably the only reason we're still alive yeah oh, poor one out for warwick <laughs> Um, the like level ten <laughs> battle master who's just beep up and with these level three or four characters. Yeah, because we're all like had four, a I think. And he's the reason yeah, we bar- we like, bark. He's like, no, if you die, you die. Oh. And I like hell. Like, yeah, if you kill my new character on the first pissed. run. Yeah, no, uh, I will kill you. Yeah. yeah, no, that's intense. But like, are we okay? Are we allowed to name drop on here at all? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, like brand wise. Okay, so, like, I think so many people approach D&D, like, everything has to be Game of Thrones serious, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? And so, like, when you're approaching it and you you do have a DM like that where you're, like, they're, like, I'm kind of set out to kill a party, you know? Like, like you said, he gives you tools. I'm sure you guys have, like, all kinds of magical items and little ways out of things and things like that. But um, that totally changes the game when the DM is, like... I mean business. Yeah. And you're like, like, cool, we also mean business. We showed up to that first session and we (laughs) rocked his shit. He underestimated us from the first session. He's like, all right, bet. I will. But to me, it it was challenging. It wasn't great. I didn't. I was like, this is a lot of motherfuckers and not many of us. And I don't. Your character just had to leave because she like had her little cleric heroine. And was fighting shit on her own. And then I was like, oh, cool. Now everyone's lighting people in the arena. And I have nine health and a single spell slot left. I'm like, I'm dipping. And there's two basilisks (laughs) for some reason. And I got to still play my other character. We were level one. 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 No. Yeah. Warwick was level 10. And he threw a basilisk at you guys? Yeah. To paint, Warwick to paint you the picture, the yeah, it was like the whole oh, the whole event of us meeting was like I'm a cleric going through like my cleric test, and it's like an arena style sure. thing, right? And so there's like three round or like three enemies, 
that like rounds of enemies that I have to face. I I was like trying to you know action economy. I'm like I have very limited amount of spells and things I can do. I think you start out with like three. Yeah, I had three. Yeah, so I was like I was like I got three rounds to get through and i've got three spell slots so i'm gonna try to limit my spells to like one per round depending Basically on what i'm facing to be able to heal yeah. yeah yeah and then you try to rely on my cantrips as much as possible and i was doing really good doing with what he was throwing yeah. at me and then we get to the third one and it gets like interrupted. And then it's like basically like domestic terrorists like kind of come in. Um, and then they oh. release like these like, yeah, two or three basilisks into yeah, the two. arena. Oh my gosh. And then I'm like there. And meanwhile, everybody else is like scattered in the like arena crowd with not a whole lot of ways to get to me. And also, most of us haven't even formally met yet. So how the fuck am I supposed to know to be like, hey, oh, random God. person in yeah, the audience, right. our, our help me. With me. Yeah. Right. Like, our yeah. characters yeah. have met. And like I play as she was like a Shatterkai uh, gunslinger. So I had the teleport Ooh, ability. Dope. And so, oh, nice. which thank God I had that for that fight because that bitch would have died. If, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if, like my character Maeve now, she's a, oh, she's like half, half a smart. Yeah. Half like Scourge ASMR. Uh, oh, nice. Death Monk. Um, mm-hmm. Teddy, do- Teddy does Half? the character stuff really interesting where we don't take ability score improvements. Yeah. So, okay. like, at the, we take, you can take them at like when you get to ASI levels, but we don't get any like racial bonuses or stuff. So, you, if you want to like combine two races that wouldn't normally be combined then you can pick like three abilities or out of the total from the total racial things which is really fucking cool oh, and i've never wild. done that before yeah um, and i think also because like we're all half whatever and then half air quotes human yeah, we take that fee at first okay. level which is how yeah. he like we get like a free fee at first yeah. Level, yeah he basically helped us out in that because he we knew it was going to be a meat grinder he's like you get this yeah. feat because you're going to need it you get max health because you're going to need it you're yeah. going to get to pick whatever racial bonuses you want because you're going to need it yeah so you just pick like three so wow. i did have sharp i did have sharpshooter at level one and so like my hair just pointed at all eyes and like get the fuck out. And I was like, and Sick. I teleported down and I was like, I stay <laughs> blasting. And I just started shooting fucking cultists. And yeah, the DMPC Warwick was just like, I'm the basilisks are for me and me alone. I'm like, great for you. We're chief. like, you do that. Um, so he did that. Oh my god. Um, the the forbidden noodle boys were him. Um, and <laughs> then everyone else, we had to fight our way out and then even after we were fighting our way out, he was like, no, you have to get out of the arena. Like, because I thought, oh, we just leave and then we can go, right? We're in like... No, you got to work your way around through the arena to get to the main exit. Yeah, the arena's on fire and filling with smoke and there's a basilisk in the doorway. Um, And we have to figure that the fuck out and getting around. Good luck getting past the big-ass basilisk. So, like, my other... I'd use one teleport to get down from the sands to the arena and then my other one, which, like fucking earth teddy but he was proud of me was it's still one of my better combat mm-hmm. moments was like there was i was standing at the door and he's like there's a bat you going to get in range of the basilisk and i'm like can i see god's light behind the basilisk he's <laughs> like yes i'm like then i teleport out <laughs> then i get the fuck out of here motherfucker <laughs> like yes, major you. shout out to any kind of teleport shadow walk gaseous form you oh know? yeah like yeah if you can take it take time. it Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. God, right? It's right. hot and sexy. 
I've been playing a lot of Baldur's Gate and, and literally any item that gives me like Misty Step or or Teleport oh, or whatever. Sure. I'm wheel, like, I, I keep that thing little, on me. I'm um, like, yeah, Dimension Door, Misty Step or whatever it is. And I'm like, it's Misty Step. It's not <laughs> I feel Dimension like that's door. almost as essential as like a bag of holding. You know, yes, like I always somebody got to be able to get the fuck out of there on a whim. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. At least one of you has to be able to. Somebody know, needs to have some kind of to. telepathic capabilities or like message spells or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then somebody got to be able to to cast some kind of teleportation to, spell. Or, or yeah. Yeah. Like yep. I'm still, I'm yep. trying to 100%. unfuck the goblin. I've been safe scumming my way through the goblin camp and Baldur's Gate. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> no, I need, you got to be able to go get that gobby before he starts banging on the drum and like summoning <laughs> the whole fucking camp. <laughs> That happened to me one time, and I'm like, and I'm like, no, we're not doing that. So I was like trying to kill the goblin priestess, and then like the kind of like merchants stuff. They came in, and then yeah, another one went and like beat that drum because I, I thought you couldn't really destroy the drums because they would be like angry. Which I don't know, you just have to do it sneakily. Um, but yeah, I'm like, like uh, other people started pouring in, and like as that line of like combatants grew, I was like, I just went to locate, I relocate. You're like, I'm not facing like, off fuck the entire this in club. Particular, I'm not even gonna try <laughs> to do this one. This is too much. Forget this side quest. No, I'm like I've used all my ever. spells already, and like all of Carlac's rages. I'm like, we're done here. No. We're starting over. Amazing. Baldur's Gate is everywhere right now. It's Not so to let yeah. time stamp us, you know, like whenever people listen to this in the future, but like it's everywhere. I don't have a good enough computer to play it, but like everywhere I turn, all of my mutuals, everyone, they're like, Baldur's Gate. And I'm like, I can't relate, but I'm happy for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, listen, I, I timed it just perfectly because like my old computer I've had since I was like 16 um so that 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 thing's been going now i'm 27 so like 10 years oh my god uh so nine years so So she's been she's been chugging um but yeah she stopped being able to run games a long time ago (laughs) and i it just can't keep up um and then for like my recent birthday i was like by god i will have a good like gaming computer and so like my family helped me out and i bought a few parts and i built it myself and i like i didn't even know that baldur's gate was like a thing that was being released and i literally had that thing built when baldur's gate dropped and i was like fuck yeah (laughs) like this is exactly where i'm starting serendipitous i know oh that's wonderful oh that's awesome yeah that's my goal too is to buy or sorry, build my own computer. I'm, I'm in the middle of buying the parts right now. Like I'm on Corsair, and I'm like, okay, seven hundred dollars, and I'm halfway there. You know, <laughs> nice. if you I'm need if you there. need help at all, I did so much fucking research. I so I know so many things about computers that I didn't know before. Uh, Same. There you like, go. Yeah, yeah, I got I my like I had an old MacBook that just like it. I mean, it it was getting too hot editing a podcast in like Audacity. <laughs> It was like I would. Edit, I mean, like podcasting. You, you yeah, could, you could like, cook an you egg on that bitch. game on a Mac. Like, so, um, no, yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, well, this is not going to be sustainable, and I don't want to just. There's nothing wrong with the laptop, uh, like for browsing your normal laptop purposes. It just it was not made for this shit. It doesn't even. It barely sure, has a fan. Yeah. It just has those little sad vent oh, holes, and I'm like, that's not enough for you, friend. Oh, no, <laughs> you're just gonna melt eventually. No. So I yeah. like my birthday take are not, off. They just fly away. Yeah, something. Yeah, throw itself yeah. off my balcony, like something. But like my <laughs> birthday's in October, and so my parents like Happy help me birthday. pick. Thanks. My parents help me get like a a gaming laptop, which I'm obsessed with. 
Um, oh, dope. And yeah, we're like running it on, which we've been able to record all day on it. And it's been good. And it's been yeah. able to run Baldur's Gate. And I, I like it a lot. And I now have a laptop with ports on it, which I'm far f- just love that. So me. happy that you have USB ports again. <laughs> Lo- love an, a, oh. an a, the sweet, sweet HDMI port. <laughs> just stroke it <laughs> amazing i think my biggest fear is like compatibility like i'm like going about like buying these parts and i've like mm-hmm. double checked triple checked i've like asked some of my friends i'm like okay does everything look good and they're like yeah that looks good yeah. and i was like okay because yeah. i like did a virtual builder too and they said it was okay my my biggest fear is just like committing and buying the parts yeah and- especially because some of the the big ones are so expensive and you're yeah, like, bro, if yes. I if I drop eight hundred bucks on this goddamn graphics card and it does not, it's like right. too chon- it's too chonky. Yeah, like doesn't fit in its spot. Yes. And like, yeah, I debated also like building a PC, and I will like some years down the line. But like a laptop sure. made more sense for me and my workflow right now. And also, I just I'd spell it. I would need to get like a bigger desk to have a PC, and I don't have room for that. And I'm like, this is pushing it out too far and <laughs> stressing me out. So. You both are in multiple campaigns right now. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I play every Monday in a Wild Beyond the Witchlight uh, campaign online. Oh, um, I play every other Wednesday with uh, my partner as the DM. Um, and that one is like an Eberron campaign, but we're like in this area called Kabara. We've started a mining town. I'm a... That's my rogue. That is, she's a bad bitch. She owns a brothel and is a tavern owner, and she she will cut she will cut a bitch for her workers, and she does have fair fair working environments for them. Um, and then, oh my gosh, I love that. My yeah, every month we play Strixhaven, um, mm. which is about what I had like to to kind of go back to the whole conversation around like the kind of bandwidth you have uh, for for things. Mm-hmm. And it's totally okay to like, you know, veer back to a casual character if you need to. I'm like, for me and my, and my life and everything else that's going on with it, I'm like a once a month game to DM is about what I have a bandwidth for. Yeah, It's also unrealistic yes. to expect Valid. us living that far away to like travel more mm-hmm. than once a month. So I'm like, yeah, we play once a month, but we also play for about the amount of hours that people would play in a month in a yeah, single session. We play That's le- true. We play at least six or eight hours. Yeah. Like that on a minimum. Insane. And then most of the time we end up go- veering more towards like for really intense RP sessions, we'll do like 10 to 12. And then that arc finale was an 18 hour. Was 18. Yeah. Because we just had a lot That's to get through. Crazy. Yeah, I play obviously in Strixhaven and then in Teddy's like Alderaan um, Old West Horror campaign. And then I have another campaign that uh, another friend of mine runs where it's a, uh, it's a, like a water deep yeah. campaign. He's, he uses yeah, like, sure. he, he, he kind of uses the module, but he's changed some stuff too. And I play a rogue there, like a swashbuckler rogue. And she's fun because, yeah, it's a very kind of like, casual relaxed like mm-hmm. i come in and stay stabbing kind of kind of thing my mon- <laughs> my monday campaign is very much casual mm-hmm. chaos like i yes. think i i went in there with that group because i had never like really played with that group before but i knew the dm from the wednesday campaign we played together and he was like yeah i dm i was like i didn't know you dm'd he's like it's in the Wilds. i'm like i love Wild bullshit put me in there coach and yeah. i definitely initially started with like i came in with one of like my my rp heavy babies 
And then once I I checked the vibe, I was like, oh no, these are all just a bunch of chaos goblins, and like they love to 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 do things for the haha. And so I'm like, I'm gonna peel back on the on the seriousness of this character yeah. and just vibe with the yeah. <laughs> the silliness of of those. And it's been really nice to like have a have a campaign that I'm like, I know that going in there, I don't have to do a lot of like emotional labor into whatever RP intenseness and stuff. I'm just yeah, like, I'm just nice. gonna sit here and vibe and, and let my chaos babies do their thing and. And I'm just like the big buff muscle mommy. Yeah, just roll, roll a fuck ton of damage and live your life. Yeah, yeah. Like all this campaign, I play I a reborn paladin, and then I run a. We kind of missed a month because life got crazy, but I run Vampire the Masquerade, like a modified. It was supposed to be Fall of London, but I fucked up, and everyone made interesting backstories that don't fit into the book. <laughs> and I'm also like emotionally attached to some of the like vampire npcs um <laughs> and i want gay husband shenanigans and just like dating sim fun things mm-hmm. and so we can't mm-hmm. run fall of london because i don't want the humans to kill all vampires and like fuck up london just yet so i don't know where that's going exactly i gotta figure it out live your dream but <laughs> we'll yeah it's very like court politics and it's a camarilla campaign so it's yeah, it's really intrigue and so it's really like that Dragon Age quest where you go and like infiltrate the court and all mm-hmm. the, like that's that's the vibe that I go for like the different warring factions and who's siding with who and and all that good stuff. Everyone's line and what about you? What are here. what are your games that you're involved in? Mm. Yeah, so I am playing. Thank you for asking. Absolutely. Um, I am playing in a super cozy, really refreshing um, Eberron campaign, which I have Ooh. never done before. It is, it's wonderful. Like, we just eat ice cream and drink coffee and make charcuterie boards and I love that. Make friends with people. Like, I, it's been mind blowing and really refreshing. Like, sometimes there's that stress of being like, okay, like you both had mentioned, like, I have to put on my serious face and Mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of combat. And I don't know, personally for me, like, I feel like combat is just so painful. Like the way it's mostly run, just because a lot of times you're just sitting there waiting for your turn and it can go on for hours. I know. And that's not fun for me. And I'm not saying like to avoid combat completely. I just would love to explore and broaden my horizons when it comes to combat. And one of the ways I've been thinking about it is like throwing in random encounters instead Mm -hmm. of just like, okay, this hits next person. Like, so I don't know. That's a side tangent. But I would love to explore like more random encounters and then not sticking to like your monster's hit points, like uh, from the perspective of a DM. And yeah. Like, yeah. what's the vibe with the party? If people are starting to fade out, just kill off the monster. Think about yep. next steps, you know, what they're going to do after that. So um, I don't I know. I've just that. been thinking of alternative ways to like approach it. Yeah. So we actually just, uh, we recorded right before you uh, a combat like topic episode um with this oh, guy dungeon master tom and mm-hmm. he connected with us and like there's so much good stuff so in there for yeah. like because oh. me specifically as a dm like one again as a player i was always like combat is not my strong suit yeah. and it was a big learning curve for me and then yeah. even more yeah. so as a dm having to create encounters that feel challenging and engaging and balanced was something i was struggling with engaging and balanced yeah. yes and huge. so i was like huge 
Cause I, cause I'm also that same way of like, sometimes combat gets boring for me and Mm -hmm. like, I'll check out and stuff. And I know Mariah feels the same. And we've been really fortunate that in that Sunday campaign, Teddy is so good at his combat. Teddy will keep a chokehold on you for like several hours. And you're like so tense the whole time because you're like, I feel the stakes and I need to, like you're like processing and like, I love it because I've never been that into combat until I was in his sessions. No. And so I'm like, I love that and I want to replicate that at my table. Not that my game is very RP heavy. Like, listen, this is a girly pop dating sim and they're in in school. It's fantasy college. And like half of them have love triangles going and you know I'm feeding them that good, good food. Um, but <laughs> eventually, you know, sometimes you want to, you still want to make sure that there are stakes and that feels tense and that feels, you know, like it's got weight behind it. Yeah. And so I was struggling sure. with a lot of like the early combats, just not feeling like they were challenging and it was very boring. And like they yeah. went in, they killed the thing and like, that was it. And I felt, I was like, that didn't hit the way I wanted mm-hmm. it to. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so we did a whole episode with him um, where he gave us so many cool ideas about yeah. how to make that combat more engaging and like mm. not keep it separate from RP. Like it doesn't have to be its own like pillar. It can be more engaging and more driven. So like that I highly recommend listening to that one because we he gave me so many oh, cool yeah. ideas. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, Would you mind clicked. exploring those ideas? Like I'm interested now. Yeah. So he to 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 talk about a few of them was like he uh mentioned one yeah like making sure that combat is not separate from rp like as a dm making sure that like you're being descriptive um you're kind of like how brendan lee mulligan does like he he really acts out like yes how that is and interacts with the 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 players as the npcs as the combat is going um Another thing that we talked about that he I thought was so cool, um, he makes a lot of like stuff that is uh, like he makes boss encounters yeah, and like, magic like items monsters. and stat blocks and all these things. And so something he kind of does in his games that he mentioned that I'm like, I love this and I'm going to start implementing this is with certain monster encounters, there's like achievements. So something kind of like video games so it's like it's something that like you go a little bit out of your way to do it might be kind of difficult to achieve but if you do you're going to get either more loot out of it or the way that i interpreted was like for example he made the example of like a encounter with some kind of like owlbear like monster um that they were Mm going to have to fight and he announces the achievement at the start of combat of like you know if you manage to ride the back of the monster for three rounds like you'll get something out of that and then it turned into like two of his players getting on there and like holding hands to keep each other on the monster for three rounds and like apparently all the players were so invested in making sure they like actually achieved it for those three rounds so i'm like that's such a cool way to shift that that focus of combat um and the way i thought of it i was like yeah it doesn't necessarily have to mean like they get more loot it could be something as like Simple as like, if there are witnesses to this happening, maybe in the nearby town, then when they go back into town, they get buffs to their charisma and they're known at like, they now have a tag on them of like, oh, you're the owl writer or whatever. Or like if you prioritize like evacuating civilians or like protecting non-combatants. Yeah. Or then like give them like little motives. Versus if you go full murder hobo and like let the daycare burn, yeah. Down, then like if, when if you come back through, people are not gonna be super yeah. receptive to you, yeah. And like they're yeah. being actual, especially because like you you'll get into call, like fights in the middle of these like 
towns and like cities and stuff. So it's like the yeah. people that witness that are that's going to have an effect on how they view you, how they view adventurers, all that. So like letting there be social stakes in game, yes. yeah, for yes. like after honestly. Fights. Down with murder hobos. I personally am so <laughs> yeah. tired of murder hobos because people don't realize too, like when you're playing the game, like you mentioned, like there are social consequences. Like it's almost like a situation of like how superheroes defeat villains. Yeah. They end up blowing up a whole city, you yeah. know, like how many people are killed in that? How much damage? How much is that going to cost, you know, to like, yeah. rebuild? And so like whether it's physical circumstances like that or like social consequences, like I feel like that is so important. And so many people are like, I'm going to fulfill this weird need of mine in role play to just kill everyone and cause mayhem. And it's like, mm no don't love that you know like yeah. it's not if that's your way of escapism like maybe you should consider some therapy like figure out maybe why you, you need yeah. that like i think why it's also your fantasy is killing people it's table compatibility so, it's too. table compatibility because i'm sure those yeah. people will find tables yes, of other murder are. hobos and they just get to go rampage and love that and and that's, um, that can be a stylistic too yeah but it's also like style. you gotta you gotta understand like the keywords are collaborative storytelling and if your <laughs> actions are actively impeding on the fun of other on. people at that yeah. at that table yeah. Uh, then maybe that's not the game for you, my guy. I'm so sorry. No, I, I love that. Like, I, I thought that was such an interesting thing. And we also kind of mentioned, um, you know, things like shared initiative. Like, instead of whenever someone Ooh. rolls the same initiative as the other people, they can have a shared initiative where they can team up. Um <gasps> to you know maybe that. do a more powerful attack or do like a wombo combo like a uh, like casting a support spell and yeah melee people flanking or like you know working oh, together so you're cool. not as tightly bound by the initiative order or like someone having to delay sure. a turn yeah. or something but we we also have things in that sunday campaign where teddy has a, he has a lot of unique rules that i i really really enjoy one of them is like instead of how advantage can't be stacked um, if you are choosing to use your action to help somebody, um, you know, they can get advantage if somebody else chooses to help them as well. Because you know how sometimes you're like, I have this big spell, but I really need mm -hmm. this shit to hit or mm -hmm. else it's going to suck wasting it. Um, so it's like, mm -hmm. OK, one person has used their turn to give you advantage. The other person has now used their turn to also help. But since you already have advantage, you get a plus two to your roll on top yeah. of advantage. Or it's like if you've had advantage on a check or whatever from like an ability or a feat or whatever, yeah, you can get a bonus to that. Because I think just to encourage like collaboration and us working together, together because he wants mm -hmm. us to be aware that like the stakes be staken. Yeah. And, and if somebody's got a right. got a big, big beefy spell or big right. beefy attack that you're like, I really need the best odds for this to hit mm -hmm. or else it's going to suck for everyone right. in this room. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing and that way we right. can all communicate as a team and be like no yeah i'm gonna use my turn to help this person mm. um or i think also uh we have a thing where you know if you have if you're out of spell slots and or you have like feet feet abilities that you can only use once a day um and say you know it's down to the wire it's tense and you're like we've got no hope left and it's really bad um, you can kind of dig deep and you can either expend some health to make sure this happens or you can get a point of exhaustion in order to make that shit pop off. 
Um, so it's a very like oh, you have to be judicious with when you use it. Yeah, but if we're yes. if you're like down to the wire, if you know, if and like, like I need a hail mary situation, sure. then it's like yeah, you'll and, you'll do that, and you'll and you'll either get a chance to achieve it, or like it'll just happen. I love that. And there's so many ways that you could break that down, too. Like, a lot of times you're like, oh, I'm out of spell slots. Like, there's nothing left, like you had mentioned. But, like, there, that's so cool. Like, you could take a point of exhaustion. You could take up some health. I mean, like, other ways to explore that, too, are, like, you could sacrifice an item. You Like, let's say you have a magic item or something, you know, that you could pull energy from. Just, like, a, a call, like, calling out to a divine source you know yeah. like if you you have a patron you know if or, or if you worship a god like something like that yeah. you know and like roll to see if they answer or like a caster like yeah burning through their, sure. focus, their arcane focus or something yeah to do to do right. like a hail mary and then like you're gonna have to replace that focus and yeah. that might be difficult to do totally well and that's kind of cool too like if you are if you need to use a spell you know or, or dig deep like that like you could even take like an effect you know like mm -hmm. you do that or you there's a there's a scorpion nearby and after you do that you get poisoned because of this you, you know there's yeah. so many ways that you could explore that i love that i love that a lot so yeah i mean that's under understated in the community like there are so many ways to approach it and so many people get caught up in just following the rule book but that's what you're there for is like interpretive collaborative storytelling like everything's on the table like yeah and just to not be afraid to like implement your own rules that like home rules what are such a great way to make that table and that game unique yeah um and yeah. you know we've had discussions sometimes where i'm like we've played at one table and then gone to somebody else's table and you're like i forgot that i was spoiled over there yeah and now i have to like right. adhere to different rules <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it adds uh, that element of like customization to to your style your games and what makes people want to play at your table and that's so cool because you're creating a new system for yourself mm -hmm. where you suddenly have expectations for how a good game should be, you know? And suddenly you're like, okay, I know now that I can't really play with this group, not because they did anything bad, but because like, I've found this new way where I can explore this ex experience for myself and it's just improved. It's way yeah. better. So that's a, yeah, really important element as well. I love that. Mm -hmm. Is there anything in your past experiences um, at other tables that you're like, this is so unique to to this table or this game that either you've run or like you've experienced um that that you're like oh this is this is just a good good time or good memory or something you just really enjoy sure that's a great question um i'm going to think on that while i tell one thing that i've enjoyed from ttrpgs which i have been so yeah. honored to explore in rd5 um with erica and and their team um and that is you get experience from failing. Mm. So often in D&D, &D, there are harsh consequences for failing, taking damage, you know, not being able to achieve your goal. Whereas in a lot of other TTRPGs, you failing results in a positive outcome later. Oh, you yeah. get an ability yeah. score or you level up, you know, and that's so important to real life too, because like it helps you keep a positive perspective when you make mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know, you're like, wow, I 
I'm learning from that. I don't have to feel shame about that. I don't have to, you know, absorb all of these opinions and negative consequences and guilt and everything like that. You're like, this is for the better. This is making me better. And I think that's one thing that really should be implemented in D&D as well. You know, like, okay, you failed. You're going to level up. You know, yeah. like, don't be afraid yeah. to fail. That's what we're here for, you know? So I, I love that a lot. But um, so that's one of my main um, unique experiences at a table. However, it's not unique um, in the way that other systems have recognized it. Um, mm-hmm. I think in D&D, like, one of my most positive experiences has just been, like, the immersiveness. The first serious game I ever played in, the DM had this storytelling ability where it was so immersive that when the game ended, you were like, I really don't know what's real life and what's not. Yeah. And I have yet to experience that in any other game. It's been almost 10 years. Um, wow. And so that's something that I look forward to experiencing again, you know, like with other talented DMs um, or even something I'd be able to develop myself for and give other to other players, people you know yeah yeah 100% um i i want that for everyone because th- it's it's surreal at that point like it's it does change your perspective and your ex- expectations for um the games that you join so that's been really special for me what do you feel like it was that created that degree mm-hmm. of immersion like is it some kind of intangible thing or are there things you can point to you know like there are some things i can point to but like i feel like me even calling out some of these things would be um overshadowing more of it and so i'll I'll do my best to try to recall you know what made it so special um i think one thing was that he made every npc so unique Mm. not just Mm -hmm. in the way where it's like this is Deborah. She has a household and a son. She's pretty poor kind of a thing, but he would outline, okay, there's this character that has this backstory and I know how to play him uniquely. But then again, there's this creature and I observed his abilities, you know, and maybe even he's really into singing or he's really into his own improv and he would act that out with such depth. Um, and I think that's what made it. There was like a believability really too, yeah, to like, every yeah. character that he All the characters were round characters. Like they, yeah. weren't, they weren't flat or super two-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's funny because I was just going to use that word like and the way I'm explaining it makes it almost seem flat. Like I wish that there was a better way. Like I am not explaining it well enough. No, know, I get like, what you I mean. Really in capture. Yeah, it's hard to explain that. But okay. like, it comes from like this also just writer brain of like how how you make people and how you make them real and like adding things like, yeah, hobbies or talents or ticks or little speech patterns or even things that like. Because we fall into, you know, voices or accents a lot. And that's a point of stress sure. for a lot of people running games because they're like, I am not human sound machine. Like, yeah. Can't. But right. there's so many <laughs> other ways, like, especially when you're in person or you're playing and you're on video. Yeah. I see you that you can, like, we do a lot of physical acting and you can change your posture. Yeah. yeah. And how your, how your, your gestures and your facial expression or your cadence with how mm. you speak. And that's enough. And there's so many like, totally. little things that you can add in to 100%. make people more real and make them more distinctive. I'm such a maladaptive daydreamer that I fall into that space real easy with almost all of my games. 
uh, at least the in-person ones. Like online, I feel like I I I have trouble getting into that headspace with. Yeah. Um, but when it's a physical game, there's something about like sitting at that table, especially with a good group that like gets into it. Yeah. That I'm like, I will come out of that session feeling like I was just experiencing it all as like a movie in my head. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, and then I tune back in. I'm like, oh, this is just a little table with little, little, little toys on it. Yeah. <laughs> and I just had <laughs> yeah. a whole a whole scene in my head. Um, but Dang, like I, I get, in, I fall into yeah. that so easy. But yeah. it's also also as a DM, like it's really rewarding. It, at least for me and like i'm i'm privileged to say that i have a group of like very very talented role players and they really like get into it um and watching them find their joy find their fun and like get to experience real emotions at that table behind these characters um is like one of the most deeply like honoring and satisfying things i've ever had for sure and i think that's a huge element too that I didn't call out was it was an in-person game. And I, I think that that played a huge element yeah. being able to see his facial expressions, you know, and see how he would act it out. But I feel like I've been thinking about it and I, I don't mean to sound cliche, but a good real life example of that um, is like Brennan Lee Mulligan, the mm-hmm. way he yeah. DMs. Um, he is able to step into the shoes of his NPCs and even his characters in ways that I haven't been able to see in any other DM. Matt from Critical Role does a good job. I feel like Brennan does it even better. Um, Especially in um, the game where they were exploring, and I I can't recall the name of it, but they were exploring Aeor and the different floating cities. Gosh, I I wish I could recall uh, the name of that. Um, Exandra Unlimited, The Calamity. Oh, yes. yeah. Yes, Calamity. I still haven't, yes. watched, Calamity. I still haven't watched the last episode of that because I know it's going to hurt oh. me emotionally. I have not emotionally recovered from that. Oh, my. Like, even I know since there are I watched that I still happen. think about. Yeah. yeah, to this day. His I monologues are incredible. It's crazy. It's crazy. He is such a genius, and I love that he has that philosophical background. But really quick, um, a really quick plug that I just want to get. Yeah, um, I was listening to the last bit of it, like the last 15 minutes at 3 a.m. I was coming back from the gym. Um, I was in my car, and this was insane because it was such an emotional and engaging moment where he's kind of c- closing up the campaign and there's separate stories. Um, and this huge meteor that was like white and green and purple, I will always remember remember this flew past my car and i just started crying i was like what is happening like this is like this is insane this is existential in all dimensions you know like it was such a powerful moment for me to kind of see that and see such greatness um as i'm listening to this at such a you know what's wild i had a similar yeah I had a similar experience. No, you did not. Not necessarily you with know. that. Not necessarily with that. But it is a, something of like, I, I came out of a session um, where it was our Ravenloft session. And mm-hmm. I like, I was playing this like robot Warforged. And like, it was like a kink uh, centered Ravenloft session. Um, and uh, I came into it before it became a kink campaign with this like a little Warforged concept in mind. And like, I was already so invested in her story and how I'd woven her in that I was like, I'm not going to change it. Ran into issues with with the DM about, like, whether robots could, like, get sexy or whatever. And I was like, bro, if you need me to s- send you source material, I got that aplenty. Yes. Uh, but he – we were just coming to, to, to heads with, like, he couldn't conceptualize it for himself. I was having an awkward time, like, 
with that character and then you know i was enjoying watching other people get like their their moments in the sun but i was like i'm not feeling comfortable enough in this character as she's like developed as like pretty much like an asexual warforged is what ultimately happened um but i'm like i I, like i'm having fun watching other people but i want to i want to enjoy like what this game was supposed to be about too yeah. So we talked true. it over. The horny shenanigans element you just weren't able to access through that he, character. Like, through that character, because it's like, like we can make you the forbidden Toys R Us. Yeah, I was like, does she need to have attachments? <laughs> like, what do you need to make this happen? It just right. wasn't. It wasn't clicking for him. And so I was like, I discussed like basically arranging like her her in character death so that I could bring in a, another character that was gonna have like that that time. Um, and ironically enough, after I made that decision, <laughs> I was like having just a fine time playing her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, eventually, like we we got to the scene. Where and we had been building up to it, where I knew we were like we were in water deep, which is like a pirate land and stuff. And so he's like, it's yeah. gonna happen in this yeah. world, so just be ready for that. And it's gonna be like a storm while we're out at sea. And so she has like the spirit of a water genasi in her that's like kind of lying dormant. And we had a whole canon around like genasi being uh, formed when these storms happen, and they're like elemental storms called Ronan fonts. Think of like a Northern Lights meets a thunder, like lightning storm. Um, so we did that and he was like describing it and he had like the music going and it was, he described it in such a way that it was like, we're out in this rain and then, you know, like the sky splitting open and it's like all pinks and blues and purples and, and yellows and things like that. And just the visuals of how he explained it. And like the whole scene was so dramatic and we had like a betrayal within the party which is how i ended up dying which like brought a shock to me like i didn't see it coming and it was so good oh my gosh um and then like after that scene like i cried it was a whole thing it was like everybody was like this is amazing and when i drove home um i was driving home from like he lived like 45 minutes away from where i live so i was driving down the highway out here in texas and stuff and i drove through a storm that was uh no rain just crazy ass lightning and the full sky was of like all these storm clouds and it was sunset so it was like the whole cloudscape was just oranges and purples and blues and just lightning no thunder no rain just lightning and all of these like beautiful colors in the sky. Colors from the sunset. And I was like playing the song the whole drive home that he played during that scene. And I was literally sitting there in my car. I was like, this is like, I'm having an, an existential yeah. moment. And You're I was like, like, my immersion is too deep. My immersion is too deep. I'm in the game. I was like, te- I was like texting everyone yeah. in the group chat yeah. while that was wow. happening. Cause I was like, everyone went a different direction than me to go home. And so Crazy. I was like, I was like the only one experiencing it. And I was like, this is wild. You know, like I, that's crazy. You will remember that the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. Like that is such like a, a care, like your own character development backstory. Like that, that's a huge element of that. Like that's insane. I think it would be so cool. Like I wonder how many other people like have experiences like ours, you know, that. Mm change the narrative of our lives and make such a huge impression on that like from tabletop experience yeah like that character will forever have such a place in the heart because of that and it felt percent yeah it felt like serendipitous yeah 
That's crazy. That might be my new purpose. Like, I'm in the <laughs> middle of so many projects right now, but that sounds like such a cool idea to, like, document these stories and make it into a book. Like, right. That would oh be cool. Gosh. Yeah. Like a, like a oh, that documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In, that's in just body, like. Out of yeah. In, in character, out of character. Oh, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, so cool. I love that yeah. so much. Thank you for sharing that. Too. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Um, well, we're definitely like a little bit over on time, but the this has been so such good. a great conversation and we're oh, so happy you. that you came on. Um, thank you so much for having me. Too. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm so flattered. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, give her give us uh all of your shameless plugs. Give us all your all your ads so that people can know where to follow you and and follow all these cool projects that you got going on. Oh, thank you. Yes. Um again, I'm Natalie New. Thank you for joining us tonight or whenever <laughs> you happen to be listening to this. Um, you can find me at uh new to you with three U's. Um, it, it sounds just like how it's spelled. It's like brand new, new to you. Yeah. Um, on Instagram and on TikTok. I'm mostly active on TikTok, but you can find me both places. Keep an eye out and follow along with my journey, um, too, as I kind of explore these different platforms as well. And never stop listening to Table, table Talk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this has been such a great experience. Um, keep up with this podcast keep up with your favorite creators um and thank you so much for having me yeah absolutely and thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time bye sounds great bye everyone table talk is a podcast brought to you by mythos media productions bringing you a new episode every wednesday wherever you get your podcasts Find us on Instagram and TikTok at TabletalkRPG or check us out at our website, mythosmediaproductions.godaddysites.com. All business inquiries can reach out to us via email at info at mythosmediaproductions.com.